0: alright it's about bow with him this morning let's pray Lord Jesus you're incredible and certainly you're indescribable and we thank you this morning for the joy of knowing that you came and, and you sought us out and that, and that great love that you demonstrate toward us that You gave up your life so that our sins might be forgiven. Lord, I pray this morning that as we continue to seek you in word as we saw you this morning in our song and our praise, Lord, you would show yourself. Speak to our hearts. Lord, give us a a word an assurance from you today that you are our God and our Savior. That there's no equal to you. And we thank you for what you're going to do this morning. Continue to thank you for what you've already begun. And we ask you to all these things in your name. Amen. Good morning, church. It's good to see you. This morning, it's great to worship together with you. I want to invite you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, and I want to continue in our worship in the Word this morning. You know, our our culture often gets fixated on certain things. We have to be careful that uh, what it's fixated on doesn't consume us as well. If you look around this morning and think about what's going on in uh, our nation today, and Really, in our world as well, that uh, uh, our, our culture is fixated on everybody having the same thing. You notice that uh, that that everything is equal, uh, that everything is similar. And when you think about it, you see it in the social justice movement. Uh, but yet, because we're an imperfect world, we, we, we see things that attempt to make things equal, uh, like, like this movement, turn into really discrimination. Uh, there's the idea of income equality, and yet in our effort to have that in our world today, it causes disincentive to work. We think about uh, gender equality and when we look at how the, the world tries to uh, create gender equality, it becomes perversion. But yet it seems that we miss all these attempts to make things equal. But the only thing everybody is equal in is for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. See, we're all the same. We all come to God with the same need to be forgiven. We all come to God with the same problems, rebellion, disobedience, unholiness, unrighteousness. And in that we are all equal. And in that we're all under the same condemnation, The Scripture says. But yet the good news is, is that God came to Remedy that through His own Son, Jesus Christ. And in God's coming and in God's remedy of our sin and the consequences of sin and the condemnation of sin, that we find that that God offers that gift with the expectation that we accept it in faith. And so this morning, faith is essential to our relationship with God. The Bible says it's impossible to please Him without faith. Faith is the very thing that connects us to God's grace. You know, many years ago, Adrian Rogers preached a message, and the substance of that message was that, that God reaches down to us in grace, and we reach up to Him in faith. So everything that God has for us in His loving grace only comes to us when we exercise our faith in Him, our belief in Him. Now listen, faith is much more than just some intellectual ideas about trust or acceptance or assurance. But real Bible faith is the kind of faith that moves us to be responsive to Him. James calls it faith that's identified by works or identified through works. In other words, our our real faith in God is a faith that responds to, to His response to us. It's believing Him so much that we're willing to commit our lives to what we understand about Him. That we're willing to live out every day of our life in a response to The revelation or the understanding that we have about him. I want to stand up here today and and confess to you, I don't understand everything there is to know about God. As a matter of fact, the more I understand, the the more I'm convinced that I know very little. Very little. But yet what I do know, I want to commit to him and live it out in obedience. Because I believe him. And I trust Him. And that's all about a faith response to Him. In Romans chapter 5, Paul gives some benefits of putting our faith in Jesus Christ or responding to Him in faith. Listen to what he says. He says in verse five, or chapter 5, verse 1, He says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom also we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Paul gives us some things about hope. What does hope do? Right? It's a big question. The Bible answers that question to some extent. And so I want us to see some things about that this morning. How important our faith in God is. How how important... That faith is to connect us to the things that God has done for us and the promises that God gives to us and the future that, that God has for us. All those things are, are connected to God by, by whole. Uh, you know, the other day I was uh, uh, trying to move something and uh, so uh, my first thought as a guy is you wrap a chain around it and you drag it with something big, right? Uh, and so uh, you can move things. Uh, And so that's exciting for a guy to be able to do that, you know, to tie it to his truck or to whatever he's got and and pull it uh, and things. But, you know, I found out real quickly that you have to be careful with what you connect that big truck to and that big thing you're trying to pull with. Because if if that connection isn't strong enough, then there's going to be a hurt accident, bad things are going to happen. Uh, and, And so we have to be careful about our faith. Because as great as God is, and, and as, as heavy as our needs are, if we're not connected to God in faith, then, then all of a sudden when, things are set, when life is set into motion, sometimes accidents happen. Because our faith uh, isn't where it should be and how it should be, and so faith is important. Let me give you some things about faith, first of all. If you look with me at verse 1, We have peace with Christ by faith. Uh, In other words, we have uh, a relationship with Jesus Christ through our faith. He says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it's important that we have peace with God. You know, peace is uh, an elusive thing sometimes, but peace is a wonderful thing when we experience it. Uh, And when we think about in regards to Jesus Christ and our faith in Him, uh, peace is uh, fundamental. First of all, if you look at what Paul says here, listen, peace, we have peace with God, peace in salvation, in our relationship with Jesus Christ. He uses the word justified by faith. You know, when we think about justification and that biblical term, it really means to be declared not guilty or to be found not guilty. Now listen, all of us are guilty of sin and all of us are sinners If you go back in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. There's no exception. There's not a a human being that's ever lived on this earth that hadn't sinned and rebelled against God. Adam was the first. uh, and, And all the human race followed in Adam's suit and Adam's nature. And we've all sinned against God. And because of that, we need to be justified. In other words, we need to be found somehow not guilty so that God can accept us and we can have a relationship with Him. What does that mean? You know, if you go into court of law, I hope you guys haven't experienced very much of this, but if you've ever been to court uh, and you've, you've ever seen a, a trial, uh, there's evidence that's brought against someone, and that if that evidence is compelling enough, then probably a jury or a judge will find that person guilty. Well, listen, there's more than sufficient evidence to find all of us guilty here before God. We've all sinned against Him. We've all missed that mark. We've all come short of His glory. And the evidence is mounting. There's piles of evidence that we're guilty. Now, if if that judge or court renders a guilty verdict, then the next thing is sentencing. Uh, that person is sentenced or fined or whatever, depending on what the nature of that uh, offense is. Uh, and so one of two things have to happen. Either uh, that uh, person goes on to serve out that sentence or, in our case, someone served that sentence for us. You see, Jesus Christ took the penalty of our sins on Himself. The Bible says that He bore our sins in His own body on the tree. That Jesus Christ died for our sins. That He voluntarily substituted Himself on Calvary's cross on our behalf so that you and I, in God's eyes, could be declared not guilty. Why? Because that sentence was served. That, that demand and that debt was paid. When Jesus was on the cross of Calvary, one of the words that He spoke from the cross, He said, it is finished. It's satisfied. That debt against us as sinners was satisfied by the payment of Jesus Christ's own life and blood. So now all of a sudden, if we believe on Jesus Christ, that's what connects us to what He did for us on Calvary's cross. And so that faith in Him, that belief and trust in what He did as being sufficient to satisfy God's holiness and pay for our sin, debt, now becomes real to us because we believe it. We have peace with God. You know, the Bible calls us enemies of God before we come through Jesus Christ. That we're at enmity with God. That we're in cosmic rebellion against God. There's a a, a human universal rebellion against God until we come to faith in Jesus Christ and believe that what He did on Calvary was for us personally and was for us and for our forgiveness. You see, so Paul says, listen, we have peace and salvation. We're declared not guilty. We're not at, at war with God anymore. But we're His friend and we're His family. Peace gives us not only salvation, but, but there's peace in salvation, right? You know, it was a, Listen, I'll tell you, when I was saved, one of the first things I remember, one of the best things I remember about being saved during that intense time of God drawing me to Himself was, was the fact that now all of a sudden I had peace with Him and, and I found rest with God. Peace. Now, not only peace in salvation, but there's peace gives stability in our life. When we have the peace of God, there's, a, there's this stable foundation, a foundation for our relationship that's unchanging because it's based on Jesus Christ, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So now all of a sudden we have this peace that gives stability to our lives, a, a sense of foundation or firmness or depth in our relationship. And we have a foundation in Christ that's sufficient because it's determined by God It's His choice. In other words, God chose in Jesus Christ His Son to to lay this foundation that would satisfy Him and that would be sufficient for every need that we have. Now look, we can stand on that rock of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what happens around us. If we're standing on that foundation of Christ, then we have a sure place to stand. Amen? Right? You guys ever... Stood. Uh, we were looking at some videos uh, uh, the other day, and uh, funny videos. You guys like to look at funny videos? And, uh, so uh, it was with, maybe, I don't know if it was with Hannah or some of the grandkids or who it was, but, uh, but we saw this lady stepping off of a boat onto a dock. And, and all of a sudden, it just kind of went further and further and further away. And the and, and next thing you know, she goes down. And, and, and one of my family says, that's Megan. <laughs> or, that's, that's my daughter, Megan. Because the same thing happened to her. You see, that's an unsteady foundation. When it's moving all the time, there's no stability to it. And what happens, we fall uh, because of that. But in Christ, we have a, a firm foundation that we can rely on, that we can count on. And so that gives us peace, doesn't it? That I know that where I'm standing is safe. I know that where I'm standing is a is a good place. The Bible says that, that, that Jesus is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they're safe. And so that's the foundation we have in Jesus Christ. How do we have that foundation? Because we believe in Him, we trust Him. Not only is peace gives a, a foundation, but there's... Also, peace comes with peace. Comes success. That we have a measure of success in life. You see, when the big issues of life are settled, then we can. Then we're free to become successful. Uh, <laughs> you know, when that eternity thing is dealt with, it's amazing how it frees you up, isn't it? I mean, when we know that that no matter what happens. In this world, in this life, in however many years we have here on this earth, if I know that if I die, that I'm going to go and, and be in heaven with Jesus Christ, then you know what? I won't sweat this smaller stuff, right? And, and so it gives me the freedom to enjoy and be successful in life. In Christ, we uh, we we have this settled issue of 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 a priority of success. In other words, it's it's it's, it's knowing that God is going to work in us and God is going to work through us that gives us this, this sense of, of, of success. That we have His assurance. You know, uh, there's a verse in Scripture that being confident is the very thing that He has begun a good work in us we will we'll complete it until the day of the Lord. So we have the assurance that God is going to work in us, right? That, that we'll know Him more and better each day and, and, and that in that outcome, that there's going to be a, a, a priority of success. There's a pathway of Jesus Christ to success. There's following Him, that, that settledness of knowing that if I follow Jesus Christ, that I'm on a path to success. That He's leading me and I'm following Him and I'm following Him through His Word and what He's revealed in His Word. And so there's this, this sense of settledness in, in how I'm going to live my life. It's not up for debate or it's not up for discussion or it's not up to, to this wind or that wind or, or this new thing or that new thing because I know as a believer I'm following Jesus Christ. And, and so that's, that's a settledness in my soul that I don't have to worry. If I get off that path, I, I recognize it right? as a believer. I understand that if I, I, I step a little left or a little right that, that hey, I, I'm going in the wrong direction. And so there's a subtleness in that that leads me to a successful thing. And so we pursue the Lord Jesus Christ. And that pursuit and that peace gives us a sense of success in our lives as well. And so one of the things that Paul says about faith is that it brings us peace with Christ. Let me give you another thing about peace also. Not only do we have peace with Christ by faith, but listen to what it says in verse 2. We have access... To Christ by faith. Now listen, I'll tell you what. We ought to be overwhelmed knowing that we have access to Christ by faith. But yet I think sometimes the believers will be a little underwhelmed by that. Because we don't seem to take advantage of that like we should. And, and so there's this understanding that we have access. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people in this world that we don't have access to. Uh, Maybe there's a hero that you have, a figure in our culture today that you really just think is really great. Uh, More than likely, you don't have access to that person. Oh, You might follow them on Twitter or you might follow them uh, on some other social media platform, but you don't have access to them. You can't walk up to them, speak to them. You can't knock on their front door and them invite you into their home. You don't have that access. But let me tell you, when it comes to Jesus Christ our faith in Him, we have access to our Lord Jesus Christ. There's not a moment in time that you and I don't have access to Him. As a matter of fact, we're encouraged in Scripture to come boldly to His throne of grace in our time of need. And the Bible says, if we do, we'll find mercy there. And so we have access to Him. What a great, amazing gift that you and I 24-7 no matter what the circumstances are, that we can call out to our Lord Jesus Christ and we know that He's listening. Have you ever had a time in your life when it seemed to be dark and the clouds were hanging around and the storms were raging and all you could get out of your mouth and all that would come to your mind was was the name Jesus? I mean, you just call out to Him, Jesus. Jesus, help, help. I remember old Peter one time when he... Uh, stepped out on the water and he began to walk across the water and all of a sudden he looked around and he saw the storm and he began to sink, the Bible says. You know what he called out? He said, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. That's all he said. Lord, save me. You know, we don't have to have these elaborate prayers and we don't have to have these uh, flowery words to call out the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes just save me, Lord. Get me out of this mess. Help. Help me, Lord. Why? Why can we do that? Because we have access to Him. And if we believe in Him, we'll call out on Him. What do we have access to? Look at what Paul says. He says, through whom also we have access by faith into the grace. I like that, don't you? Into the grace of God. What is that? Man, grace is God's undeserved, unmerited uh, favor that He has toward us. It's God responding to us when we don't deserve it. It's, It's sometimes God responding to us when we don't even ask Him. But we need to ask Him, right? And we have this access to His grace. I think about the grace of God. I'm overwhelmed by thinking about what all that encompasses. It's really the, the grace of God that characterizes the Lord Jesus Christ really means that we have, through His grace, access to everything that He has. Wow. Well, doesn't the Bible say if we ask in His name, whatever we ask, we shall have. In other words, if we ask what He wants to do, what He's determined to do, what He's decided to do in our lives, we can ask with complete expectation that God's going to hear that and respond to it according to His will. Have access to His grace. You know, I wonder sometimes as believers, why do we... You know, we, we live so below our means, don't we? That's not always the case in our... Our natural finances is that sometimes we live above our means, but I want to tell you so often as believers we find ourselves living below our means more than we ought to. Why because we 're not believing God we 're not trusting him we 're not calling out to him because the scripture says that we have access through faith into this this grace, the grace of God, his unmerited favor listen, there's a passage in Romans chapter eight. Listen to what scripture says uh, verse thirty one What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us with, uh, uh, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Think about that just for a minute. If God didn't spare his only son. How shall he not with him or through him or by him not give us all things? Paul's making this argument. If God didn't hold back the best he had, why, why do we think he won't give us the rest of what we need? We have access by faith into this grace. Listen to what else he says. Not only that. But he goes on to say, not only access to grace, but we have access to standing. He says, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We stand in the grace of God, but we have standing with the Lord Jesus Christ. What kind of standing do you and I have with God now that we've been saved? We we have family standing. We're His child. We're a son or a daughter of God. And that's the standing that we have. We're born into the family of God. Amen? Say amen. Help me out here. I mean, we're born into the family of God. Think about that. If Hey, listen, if Jesus is king, if God is king, and you're His child, if you're a son or a daughter of God, what are you? You're either a prince or a princess. Amen? God, smile for me. Come on, help me out this morning. My goodness, I'm calling you royalty. And, and, and not of an earthly kingdom, but of an eternal kingdom. I mean, we're children of God. The Scripture says, but as many as receive him, to them He gives the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in His name, faith. Faith brings us into this standing of God as His own children. His own children. Now listen, I know as a father the standing that my kids have with me. That they have a standing like no other human being on this earth. That they, have a, they get the benefit of the doubt. My kids do in my faith. Now I've often made mistakes by doing that. But you know isn't that what love is? Isn't that how Paul describes love in 1 Corinthians 13? It says, being willing to give someone the benefit of the doubt, at least until they prove you wrong. Loving without condition? That's the standing that we have in the family of God. What does he say at the end of verse 5? He says that poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. What? The love of God. The love of God is poured out in our hearts. Why? Because we have standing within. We're His child, we're His son, we're His daughter. And that gives us standing with Him. What what does family standing generally have? It it comes along with a lot of things, doesn't it? Not only position and relationship, but but it has this thing of inheritance along with it, right? Uh, it, It speaks about future and things to come. All these kind of things because we have standing with Him. And we have access to this standing. Why? Through faith. Through faith. What else do we have? Not only do we have access to grace and the standing, but also we have access to hope. Hope. What does He say in verse 2? He says, And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Hope. You know, hope's a great thing, isn't it? The word hope here means confident expectation. Confident. Let me say that again. Confident expectation. Confident in the sense that God guarantees it expectation in the sense that it's coming hope of the glory of God now what what about the glory of God what does that mean glory glory is just who God is you, you know we talk about the glory of God that's that's who he is i can't describe that to you uh but but God is wonderful he's omniscient omnipotent all those omni things God is God is wonderful. He is full of grace. He's long-suffering. He's patient. He's kind. He's all those things. God is just and righteous. He's all those things. Everything that we know, God is, and He's more than that. God is able to do all things, even things that we can't imagine or even see or have never heard of before. God is able to do all those things. He is God. That's His glory. It's who He is. And that's why we glorify Him, because of who He is. And so we have access to this hope, and this hope is this. This hope is the glory of God that we rejoice in. So when we think about it, we rejoice in the confident expectation of who God is and how God acts. And that's amazing. And we're we're privileged to have access to that. How do we know God? Because we have faith in Jesus Christ. How how can we understand His ways, His desires, His dreams, His potential for us? By faith in Jesus Christ. We know Him. We have access to this hope. So there's access by faith. Not only access by faith, but there's peace by faith. But look at verses 3 through 5. I want to close with this. There's growing in Christ through faith. You see, Paul lays out a progression of growth in verses 3 through 5. And we become a part of that progression of growth in verses 3 through 5 when we believe in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Now, it doesn't start off so good, this progression. But let me tell you, it gets better as it gets to the end. And so what does he say in verse 3? He says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. (laughs) Wow, Uh, you know, that doesn't seem to be so good, glory in tribulation. This glory is a different word than he used in verse 2 about the glory of God. Uh, This word he uses here is is a word that describes our attitude. Our attitude toward tribulation. Listen, he says, knowing, right? Right? That's understanding what tribulation is about. That's understanding the purpose of tribulation. The only way that we as, as people can understand tribulation is by knowing Jesus Christ, having faith in Him. The world looks at tribulation and they say, it's the worst thing that ever happened to me. Have you ever ever talked to someone who's lost outside of Jesus Christ and they're going through some hard times and man, they're down and they're bitter and they're angry and they have no hope and they're discouraged and they're in despair and they're complaining and all these things and they're talking about how horrible it is and all all this stuff. They don't know tribulation. Or they don't know the purpose behind tribulation. You see, we're growing in tribulation. He says in verse 3, knowing... That tribulation produces. Tribulation produces something in us. And, and understanding that only comes because we know Jesus Christ. We want to see an example of tribulation. Look at Jesus. Look at how He suffered. Look at all that He went through. Look at how He was rejected and treated here on earth. All the tribulation that our Savior went through, but yet at the end of it, it produced something, didn't it? You know, Hebrews chapter 12 says that Jesus went to the cross despising the shame. But, but He was steadfast, focused on the cross. Why? Because the cross produced salvation. Salvation. Jesus Christ understood tribulation, what it brings about, what it produces, and it's worth the going through. And so that's what we understand as we grow in Jesus Christ. So, so it's all about our attitude, and it? it's about how we see tribulation. Now he goes on, uh, and he talks about growing in tribulation. What happens when we're growing in tribulation? Then all of a sudden, out of that, we're growing in perseverance. Perseverance, you know what, what that is? That's patience. It's what, what James calls patience. Patience, we're to ask for it. And it comes through tribulation. And so we're, we're getting this perseverance. We're learning how to, to stand in these hard times. We're learning how to be strong, how to be strengthened. You see, the athlete has to prepare. They have to go to the gym, go through tribulation, so that when race day comes or event day comes, they've got perseverance. They're able to hold up under and endure. As believers, we're going to go through hard things in our life. What happens to the person who goes through tribulation who doesn't know Jesus Christ? They collapse. They give up. They quit. They, they hook on to something that gives them a, a minimal amount of comfort in the maximum area of pain. In other words, they turn to drugs or alcohol or, or some other thing that will help them out in their pain. As a matter of fact, sometimes they even inflict more pain on themselves so that they don't feel the pain that they're already in. Right? That's how they handle it. But you see, when it comes to the believer, what do we do? We we grow in that environment. Tribulation, persecution, our perseverance. What does that perseverance cause us to grow in? He goes on to say it's growing in in character. He he says, and and not only that, but also uh, we glory in tribulation. Why? Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character. Character, what, what? I don't mean it doesn't produce a character. Right? My mom used to call me a character all the time She say, oh, you're a character. So I said, I don't know what kind of character that is, but maybe it's a comic book character, I don't know. But what we need to realize is it produces God's character in us. It produces love, compassion, strength, humility, right? Gentleness kindness, all those things, tribulation because we've learned strength in our times of tribulation and, the, and the, the thing that we grow in is our character. We become more like Jesus in our times of tribulation. Paul says that I might know Him and, 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 and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. Paul says really the only way I'm going to know Jesus is for me to go through some tribulation. Because in that tribulation, I'm going to get strong. When I get strong, I'm going to be more like Jesus Christ. And then finally, the, the next thing that Paul says, that we're going to grow in hope. Hope. In, in that expectation. In that confident expectation in God. You, you see, look, if, if, we, if we come, maybe we have an experience with God somewhere in our life. And, and we, we, you know, make a decision for Jesus Christ. And we're just kind of moving along in our life and nothing really is happening in our life. And, and, and then all of a sudden, things get really hard. Really hard. If that experience is real, then what, what's going to happen? We're going to grow. If our faith is real, we're going to grow. If it's not, we're going to run. We're going to run as far away from God the Word of God, the things of God, so we can go. Because that, 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 that tribulation is going to be so pressing. and If our faith is not in the right one who that we believe is going to regulate that, that temptation or that tribulation, who we believe that is doing something in our lives through that tribulation, who we believe is loving us and, and, and these things are happening because He loves us, if we have that understanding and that faith and that confidence, then all of a sudden these things are going to turn out for hope. Hope. And we're going to be better for it. Hope in Jesus Christ, what He's going to do and what He is doing. What's going to be the outcome of all these things, right? So we're going to stay faithful to Him in these times of tribulation. And that's where we grow in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What does faith do? Faith brings us into relationship with God. It gives us peace. Faith gives us access to God. uh, uh, Someone that we can rely on. Someone we can count on. Someone that we can find what we need. Faith is going to bring us to a place where we grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. And all these things are associated to the faith that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Bow with me.